0: Welcome into to episode 289 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network, presented by Justice Denno. We are back for yet another, for I guess the, the first of Kentucky basketball season, we've done several for the exhibition games while I was out. You did it with Zach Gagan. They were amazing. Appreciate both of you guys for filling in while I was out. Then we did kind of a our, our first post-game reaction Uh, following the final exhibition slate and just kind of wrapped up the preseason that we get to actually break down actual fun regular season action but before we get started a quick message from our friends at justice dental sources say is presented by the great team at justice dental visit one of their two lexington locations by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling or texting 859-543-0700 dr thompson dr justice and their team Look forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you?
1: I am fantastic, Jack Pilgrim. And Kentucky basketball, the the theme that I've got today and been getting for weeks, but the word that I kept hearing today from, from people is fun. They're fun. And that's been something that's been missing for a while. So fun is a good place to start. And it's even more fun when you win by 40 and you cover the spread and you you basically double it from, from what it was.
0: It almost makes the like two hours of sleep that I'm running on worthwhile. Like it, 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 I'm, I'm at the point of exhaustion where I'm like, man, I don't know if I have what it takes to keep moving forward, and then Kentucky is the reason that I keep moving. And obviously, my my beautiful son and you know my wife for putting putting it all together and making it all happen uh, with it. But it's Kentucky basketball is like the glue holding my my you know fatigue together right now. It's like man. I, I'm right on the cusp of losing it, but then Kentucky goes and wins 86-46 in the opener, 40-point blowout win, 17-0 run, uh, run uh, to end it. Kentucky shoots 49% from the field, 31% from three. Uh, the The flaws that we know this team has, at least going into the season, interior uh, defense, rebounding, just front court depth in general, we saw those things kind of come to a head early on and, understood that, okay, we're probably going to have to deal with this at least in the first couple of weeks of the season. But their response, Sean, to just kind of put everything together from that point forward, they took the first punch in the face and then just kind of said, okay, we're good, we're fine. Let's take a deep breath and understand that we got some absolute dogs on this team. And they go out and absolutely steamroll them in the second half, Sean. Unbelievable debut performance for uh, especially the freshman. I mean, 61 of the 86 points, I believe. Uh, It doesn't get much better than that. It
1: it doesn't, and no no surprise, really. I think that we've all thought ever since Toronto that this freshman group, top to bottom, is very, very talented. They're, They're dynamic. They bring something different to the table, each of them, and it's just becoming even more laughable that people thought this isn't a top 20 backcourt in college basketball, like, and I get it. It's New Mexico State. But the talent level was the best it had been yesterday. It's D1 talent that they played against. And they they looked fresh, like they just look like they're so together and connected, which is just a breath of fresh air for the season opener. And and we, we're gonna talk about Trey Mitchell a ton. We're gonna talk about Antonio Reeves, but it goes back to what I said last week. The freshmen are gonna be what takes Kentucky where they want to go. Trey Mitchell and Tony Reeves, they're gonna, they're gonna kind of bridge that gap. And you got to, and, and Trey Mitchell, we're gonna talk a ton about him because he's kind of the centerpiece to what was happening last night. But Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham coming off the bench. And you tweeted it last night. It's just, it's unfair that those are your two guards that come off the bench. DJ had his moments. I know he missed some shots early, but boy, he had a spurt there in the second half that looked really, really good as well. And uh I, I don't know, man. Like th- this team. It's only one game, and I've, I've, i said during the exhibition schedule I wasn't going to overreact to anything. Well, it's no longer the exhibition schedule. It's the regular season. This team looks really good, but not having bigs, Jack, I think has actually forced this team to even maybe work together and, and come together a little bit quicker on the defensive end because they have no choice but to guard the basketball and get after it, and I think that's going to pay off when they are healthy on the interior.
0: Let, let's start with a couple of the news items because we did get some actual tangible updates on those bigs, uh, and I guess a new individual added to that injury report, Aduthiro, uh smacks the hell out of his head on the ground. It felt terrible for him. You could hear it from the second level, uh, him smacking his head on, on the ground on a drive to uh, the basket. Uh, Cal says he has a headache, um, going to be day-to-day from this point forward. For my money, I don't think you need to throw him back into the fire against Texas A&M Commerce, who is one of the worst teams in college basketball. I have a note on them uh, talking to some an individual who would know who may or may not have just played Texas A&M Commerce to open the season uh, about how good or not good they are. Um, don't need to do-throw back. I would hold him out 100,000%. Big Z lost 10 pounds because of his food poisoning. He did not have 10 pounds to lose, Sean. I don't think that's a good update. Um, we'll just kind of see where things go. Cal said that even if he was eligible, he probably wouldn't play on Friday anyway because of this situation. So uh, that that's another little minor setback that we got to adjust for. But the big update was that Aaron Bradshaw appears to be kind of right on the cusp of a return, which is great, great news. Whether or not he's back next Tuesday against – uh, Hunter Dickinson in Kansas is one thing, probably not going to happen. But Cal said he's probably a week ish away from returning to practice. He's jumping, he's shooting, he's doing all the other things uh, that get you, you know, inching closer toward actually playing basketball games, which is awesome. And then uh, Ugo is two weeks behind that. Cal said, so we're going to get Aaron Bradshaw here very soon, and I think that's a, a much needed addition. As we've talked about ad nauseum, especially from a fit perspective, he's going to he's going to be a plug and play guy. Uh, basically the same role that Trey Mitchell's playing right now for the cats.
1: Yeah. And add some protection at the rim. Right. And, and some length, a, a lot more size than Trey has. And I know Cal has talked about that a couple of times and opposing coaches. I'm I'm sure they're, they're all getting the same question during our media press conferences. What can Kentucky be when it has its front court? And it, you know, the common theme between all of them is like, look, this, this team's already really good. They can't get worse when they add, you know, seven footers to the mix. A lot of questions about how Kentucky will operate offensively when those guys return. I think if anything, Jack, uh, you, you get better at the dunker spot with a guy like Aaron Bradshaw or a big that can finish some of those lobs. But you're seeing Kentucky do a lot of different things. They're mixing in some dribble drive. They're, What they're doing with Trey Mitchell offensively now, I think, is going to be something you're going to see continue throughout the season. Even if you know, even when Bradshaw is thrown in the mix, I do want to see some tape on Bradshaw and see if he can do some of the similar things that Trey is doing at this level of basketball because Trey's vision, his ability to shoot the the ball from that spot, all that stuff. But it sounds like you're going to get him at least. I'm starting to think by Miami by that next that next big game following Kansas that you. You should at least be able to see him out there. And to me, it just adds some security and some depth there that we the one thing we haven't got to see yet, and we are going to see it at some point, is what does Kentucky do when Trey Mitchell gets in foul trouble? I'm expecting Kansas, not as much this week against Texas and Commerce, but when they play Kansas, they're going to go right at him, Jack, and try to get him in an early foul or two and then force Kentucky to go even smaller. And we'll see what Kentucky does. We've not had to see that yet at any point. So that, that's one thing that I'm, I'm curious to see how Kentucky manages that until they get a big back. We talked a big game about them
0: having to guard us. And, you know, it's not about how are we going to attack Hunter Dickinson and, and what's the, the response there. We, we've kind of talked a big game about, well, they got to guard us too. Losing Trey Mitchell early would be, foul trouble would, that would be problematic. He That's kind of like a, a Unwritten rule with this It's like we can fight and contend, assuming Trey Mitchell is still there and competing. So uh, we'll 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 see how that goes. But in the meantime, Jordan Burks has been absolutely tremendous, and what a bright spot there. Uh, we've we talked when he signed, and you know we we kind of went into depth, like how this is like a um, reputation killing team, how a lot of these guys kind of had some. Uh, extra stuff going on behind the scenes. Uh, people kind of scoffing at their additions to to signing with Kentucky or whatever. Jordan Brooks is one of those guys and just the breath of fresh air he's been since he arrived on campus and, and uh, the jolt of energy. He's been off the bench, Sean. I, I thought he was one of the very clear standouts yesterday, seven points, three of three shooting, knocked down that three late in the game, who which for, some folks that are uh, invested in these Kentucky games. That was a big shot for uh, him to hit as well. Uh, three rebounds. Uh, he he played a really, really strong game. One, one steal in 12 minutes. He's going to play early. I, I think we saw him a little bit earlier than I expected him uh, in this game in particular, he's going to play a lot, I think. And that, that was kind of the first real test. Uh, and if, if he can just kind of be that placeholder while we get to the finish line with Aaron Bradshaw here, uh, and keep you know he keeps playing the way he's he's doing. I'm starting to see the vision with him long term about what you know maybe not this season, but the tools are there for Jordan Burks to be a pretty special talent down the line. Uh, and it's it's good you know it's good to have those types of guys at the end of your bench, and and that's something we've kind of begged Cal to do with those extra scholarships. And it's it's cool to see the kind of the the fruits of his labor paying off.
1: And he's willing to do whatever it takes. Like, play out of position, and it's not just – I mean, it's it's multiple out of positions. Like, the, the things that he's doing and having to do, he, he's never had to do at any point in his career. So, and seeing the willingness to accept that challenge and to go and play and help this team at an early stage at a position that, that he's not even got to settle in his position at all, like even in practice reps. Like, him taking that three last night probably felt like something he maybe has done, you know, that's, that's somewhat normal to, to, to playing basketball. So – no, I, I'm really happy for him, too. I'm really happy that he's settled in. Uh, he's a, a high-energy guy, a, a likable kid, that every time that we spoke to him, you know he, he seems to be having a blast here at Kentucky, and he's accepted that role. And it's not just him that's accepted a role. I think everyone on this roster, just to this point, there's still a lot of basketball to play, Jack, and we know that there's going to be challenges. There's going to be adversity that hits at different points throughout the season. But to this point, These guys have accepted their roles in whatever it is. The way the ball is being shared right now, Rob Dillingham firing passes and making plays, DJ Wagner, Trey Mitchell, like across the board, the togetherness and the willingness to do whatever it takes to win. That is such a good sign this early in the season that they've not even, that's something that Cal hasn't even had to teach. It seems like it's just been there since day one with this group. And that's very encouraging for, what lies ahead, because we know if you got that, this team's just going to keep getting better. They're going to get better individually. They're going to get better as a team, but staying together and playing unselfish basketball, like that's going to carry this team a long way. I I thought the most telling moment of Monday, the opener
0: was getting off that elevator after the game and rounding the corner, sitting down in the, the press room, and just hearing the music absolutely blaring through the walls of the the, the underbelly of Rupp Arena, the, the locker room down the hall on the other side of the wall. But the music was so loud that you could hear like the celebration. And it's like a, it's a vibe. It's a it's a camaraderie and a chemistry that, again, that's something that we have not seen with this team in a couple years, like. I genuinely believe that Cal was doing the right thing in his mind at the time when the floodgates of the the transfer portal opened and he went and just got the best of the best, the the guys that he thought would be them—but the best complimentary pieces and, you know, kind of flipped that the foundation of his rosters were portal guys and it was kind of complimentary uh, freshman pieces. And I think that that got flip flop, but that, you know, he was just kind of going with the flow and that's what college basketball was doing. So I'm sure at, his time. He thought he was adapting with the times when in reality, he was getting away to what makes him a special coach, getting guys who you can mold like clay from day one to day three sixty five or whatever, eight months that however long the, the day one of the season to the end of the season, he wasn't able to do that with guys who had plateaued six, six year guys. He needed somebody, a group that you could kind of grow with him throughout the season. And that's exactly what this group is. They all have similar maturity levels, similar flaws and, you know, personality traits and different things like that, that you can grow with them. And you're already seeing those things paying off. And it's just, you're seeing that tangible evidence of that on the floor in their chemistry. And it, like, I mean, look at the assist turnover ratio, 17 assists to, to uh, six turnovers. That's a direct correlation to chemistry and them having that comfort and trust together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It is. And they're playing fast. So the turnover numbers being low, playing that fast is very impressive. And uh, Coach O mentioned it. I don't know if you got to hear it or not, but he he took over for Cal halfway through the, the post game radio show last night. And they were talking about the low turnovers. And even Coach O brought up, he said, look, we're playing really fast and we're going to have games where we're probably going to turn. It. He said, we're going to have games where we're definitely going to turn it over more than what we have been and what we did tonight. But this group values the ball, and they they take care of it. And it's the IQ. There were a couple plays last night. DJ Wagner, there's a deflection there on the sideline. He has the awareness to throw the ball toward Kentucky's end of the floor. Now, he probably saw Reed streaking it wide open for a dunk. But then Reed Shepard gets another one on the sideline, throws it behind his back, just so happened to be a New Mexico State player standing like near half court. But he had the right idea. That is – awareness and IQ on the basketball floor and you're seeing it kind of play over and how they're sharing the basketball they're always making the extra pass every single time one through five regardless of who's on the floor they're making the extra pass I don't really see any guys pressing when it comes to I have to go get mine like there's a couple bad shots like Rob took a bad one last night and Cal Cal had his hands out like you know, it's the stuff that we talked about with Rob, and even he talked about it in postgame, that Rob just can't help himself two or three times a game. There's going to be things that he does. <laughs> but then I think DJ took one early in the game that even Cal was like, you know, what are you doing? They're still freshmen. They're still going to take bad shots at times. But overall, it's not coming to me from a selfish thing. It's just they're still learning. But overall, the ball is flying, and they're making extra passes. DJ Wagner getting two feet in the paint and kicking the thing out. I think it was – who was it hit the three there at the top of the key? Was it Reeves that didn't want to transition? Somebody did. It was DJ. Yeah. Like, he had a couple of plays where he got two feet in the paint and spread the ball out for threes. And Kentucky's got multiple dudes doing that right now. But I love Cal's quote on Rob. Do you have it?
0: And I talked to Rob about it afterward. uh, And he's just so refreshing, man. And and, and that was part of my frustration with OTE and and them not – Utilizing the branding that is Rob Dillingham, he is such an unbelievably good kid and knows how to talk to the media, knows how to say the right things, and show his personality. And the the, the that's a, I wish he had done more media stuff to kind of build that up leading up to that because he don't you know he didn't do any interviews at OTE leading up to that point. I thought it was a missed opportunity for for them and in him individually. I mean, I, I think he he has talked about trust and how he has kind of trust issues with kind of people have that have taken advantage of him in the past and how he just kind of shelled himself off and said, you know, I I don't, uh, I don't want to kind of put myself back out there in that way. And and I've appreciated how he's embraced that. But I do think that we, I I wish we got to see that at OTE, but I I appreciate that we're seeing that a lot now. Um, The quote from Cal said, Robert has two or three, like what in the world plays but as long as it's not five or six, if it's five or six, I'm going to take him out. I told him I'm fine with one or two, but he can't help himself. And, Sean, here's the big quote. I will tell you that he creates space for himself and his teammates as good as anybody that I have coached. Think about that. Think of the guys that John Calipari has coached and the star level that he has had. And for him to say, this guy is as shifty. This guy is as explosive and electric as anybody that I have ever coached. You know, Cal took a chance on this. Like, Cal took as much of a chance on Dillingham as Dillingham did on that because there was so much like, is this a fit? Cal has never really had, you know, Malik Monk was probably the closest that I've come up with to a guy that Cal has just kind of let go and dance a little bit and kind of do his thing, rock out. Like, they just didn't think that either side would get, would make the most out of the other. And for those two to kind of come together and say, you know, kind of meet in the middle there and say and kind of have a give and take with it and say, Rob, I want you to be the best version of you. So dance a little bit. You have the green light. Do it. But it has to be controlled chaos. You have to work with me a little bit on that. And for Rob to embrace that and say, I got you, coach. Trust me, I I can do that. And for and, and to actually do it. I'm good with one or two a game. It's fun. It's like, you know, it's, it's a heat check. Everybody that has confidence has heat checks. Rob Dillingham oozes confidence. But it's just so great to see this partnership that a lot of people, including myself, I did not think that this would work for it to work out the way that it has. And both of them kind of giving and taking just as much and the balance there. Uh, it, it has been Rob's I'll hand up. I'll admit that Rob's my favorite player on the team. Like I, I have a blast covering him. I have a blast watching him play. And I I appreciate him proving everybody wrong about his ability to make it at Kentucky.
1: Yep, Uh, I'm right there with you, Rob. Rob is my favorite player to watch too, and it's you just you never know what you're going to get from Rob. But like what I mean by that is like last night when he's flying down the floor and his eyes are looking Trey Mitchell and he dumps it to Jordan Burks for a dunk like that. He had and Rob smiles after plays like that. It's not just plays putting the ball through the basket for Rob. It's just making a play in general. And he's having fun. And you can tell that he's having fun out there. Reed Shepard's having fun. DJ's having fun. Like, it's it's all across the board, like, what this backcourt does. And I know I've said this a ton since July, and I think I'm going to continue saying it all the way through March and April. What makes this backcourt so good? There's there's not a De'Aaron Fox. There's, there's not a Malik Monk. There's not – Guys of that caliber that we're looking at, it's like that we know is going to 100% make it in the league and be an NBA all-star. Like we don't know that yet, but how these pieces fit together, it's like they all are better because the other one is present. And if you remove one of them or two of them, like it's, it's not as good. And I mean, I, that's with any basketball team, but I'm talking backcourt only like Rob and DJ plans al- alongside each other. You get D.J. Wagner and Antonio Reeves to start games, and then you're the opposing coach, and you look over and Rob Dillingham and Reed Shepard sitting at the table checking in, and you're thinking, when does it stop? Like, Cal talked about reinforcements and all that stuff, that it was like tanks coming over the hill like in 2014, 2015. It's not to that level of, like, players when it comes to depth. But as, a, as an opposing backcourt, most of these teams they play, like they've got a couple of guys, but Kentucky's got multiple dudes. They can come in, and and, it, and the pace doesn't change, but the style of each guard does. Like with Antonio Reeves, you have to be guarding 25, 26 feet. Well, Rob Dillingham's so quick with the ball in transition, but then you get D.J. Wagner, who's just physically going to bully you to his spots. It, it, it's very well pieced together, and that's why I've been so high on this group ever since we saw him in Toronto. And I just did not understand why so many people nationally were kind of reluctant to even buy in that this group could be talented. Now, look, if a couple of them play bad against Kansas, guess what's going to happen? They're going to they're going to come out. We tried to tell you. We tried to tell you that this group. No, I'm not even worried about that. They're going to have their moments. But I'm going to trust that two of those dudes are good on every night. But the nights that all four of them are, you better look out.
0: Look at the first versus second half difference of DJ Wagner. DJ was not, you know, we'll admit he was not very good in the first half, really struggled to find a shot. Um, his ability to take over in the second half, Sean, and kind of have that. Okay. Now it's my turn. I'm going to take this game over and really end this thing. It was an eight point, def- eight point lead at halftime. And, and, He had that stretch in the second half where he said, all right, show's over. I'm ending it right now. He had that tough, tough finish inside, kind of stood up and kind of had that like, yeah, that's that's who I am. And then he had that double dribble move, step back three in that guy's eye. And he had that P.J. Washington snarl afterward where he was like, yeah, that's who I am like that. That's. that's why you sign me. That's why you do whatever it takes and, and and recruit me since I'm in the eighth grade. That's why you signed me. It was that type of play. And, you know, Antonio Reeves wasn't his best game. He didn't get a touch till the six minute mark in the first half, like two guys that you kind of penciled in as probably arguably Kentucky's two best players, two of their best players, at least most efficient scorers that you're going to expect this season really didn't make that big of a, scoring impact and in, 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 in minus a couple different stretches uh, tone with his kind of back-to-back-to-back threes and DJ with his second half stretch, but everybody else doing what they did and Rob playing impeccably and Reed playing the way he did. Trey Mitchell taking over in the second half. It does kind of get to that point where it's like, who are you really going to have a night where seven guys struggle? Like, are you really going to have ever have a night where the team as a whole goes 25%? 30%. I don't know how. Like, there's just too much. There, there's too many dudes out there.
1: And that's what gets me excited. Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> when you watch this team play and talk to a couple of people that hadn't got to see them in person yet, that went to the game last night. You know, they were talking, you know, me and you've got to see them in person multiple times now. You watch them on TV, but then you go sit in Rupp arena, you sit in the lower level or you even sit in the upper level. It's the speed that just, Stands out to you like how fast these guards are. Like they're not just fast, but they're playing fast. And there was a possession last night. New Mexico State scored a basket and the ball goes to DJ. It gets fired to, I think it was Reed and then Reed straight to Dillingham. Like bang, bang, bang. It was like a chain break right off the sideline. And Rob, the ball is out of Rob's hands for a layup with 26 seconds to remaining on the shot clock off of made basket. Think about that if you're the defense and you're you've just scored and here you are transitioning and you're just blow, they're just blowing by you for a layup. Like they're playing so fast with the ball, even without it. The, the way that guys were cutting last night and the movement off the ball, they're just in, in like, uh, me and Brandon Ramsey were talking today on, on Twitter back and forth in a thread, just in and, and Brandon brought up a good point. He mentioned that he doesn't really like calling it random basketball, even though Cal is saying the word random a ton. Like it is random, but like they have been taught the movement, but it's not scripted movement in situations. They're learn, they're they're playing off of what defenses are doing and they're reacting. Like there was a play in the second half, Trey Mitchell, it was it, it gets reversed. On the reverse, DJ makes a, a hard back cut. Out of that set or out of that look, Kentucky had been going straight into a dribble handoff out of the, from the corner out. Justin's defender puts foot on the three-point line, overplays him. Justin back cuts. But DJ cuts so hard with his eyes that it sold the help, the defender all the way across the helpline because he was cutting so hard and then Justin gets a play. Like it, It's random, but the movement that they've been taught and the way they've been coached by John Welch, by these other coaches on staff, and the movement within that offense. And by the way, great story. And I know you've been sitting on that one for a while now, like ever since Peach Jam. So we, we definitely got to talk about that at some point and, that, and the, the great work that you did there with that one. But Trey Mitchell, Jack, when we're talking tweaks and we're talking things, there is one thing about the what Kentucky's doing offensively right now, and especially in the second half last night. You got all these guards doing their thing, but there are multiple strings and they're all connected to Trey. Like everything running through Trey, you see all the assists in the second half, him with the ball in his hands in the middle third of the floor. That's not random. That's what Cal wants. His ability to stretch you out and shoot there. But how about the times he put it on the deck and scored? And then he dunked on somebody. I didn't know he had that in him. I really didn't. I hadn't seen that from Trey Mitchell yet. But it's amazing to see how it all is intertwined and connected through him. And he may be, when we're talking basketball IQ and you've added experience to it, his floor vision and stuff is just off the charts and it has changed them offensively entirely. I remember being at fantasy camp, talking to Tyler
0: Ulys, and you're just shooting the breeze about the team. Not, you know, uh, not, Oh, you know what, who, who are the standouts on the, you know, trying to like dig for Intel or whatever. Like I was just talking and He's my favorite UK basketball player of all time. I'm just like picking his brain cause he's brilliant and I, you know, love him to death. Uh, and he just, by himself, brought up Trey Mitchell. He said, I don't think anybody has any idea what Trey Mitchell's impact is on this team. He's like, Trey Mitchell was the one guy that just kind of like sealed everything. Like he he is just the one glue guy that just kind of made all the pieces work around him. He's the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. Like that's just what he is. And when Cal, I, you know, everybody kind of gave Cal grief about the, uh, you know, the tweak in the second half. and you know, swaggy cow, when the team is winning, the swaggy cow stuff is uh, it, you know enjoyable and entertaining and it gets a little frustrating whenever you know the uh, after a loss or whatever. But in this circumstance, you could kind of tell that he was feeling pretty darn good about himself, but that tweak being Trey Mitchell, everything just kind of revolving around him there's a clear level of confidence in Trey Mitchell and his ability and what he does to this roster that even when the bigs come back, Sean, like I just don't know how Cal knowing what he knows about this roster will force feed it any other way. Like the question is, that well, we've talked about what, you know, what how does the offense change when the bigs come back? What is Ugo's role here? Like what, how does he reincorporate? I don't think that's John Calipari's problem. Like I think he's kind of seeing this as, I know what I have with this guy, with this team. I know the value that Trey Mitchell brings to the table and Aaron Bradshaw is going to have to match that. He does his own things that, that are really impressive. And, you know, he's a seven footer in his own, right? He's going to block shots and do different things. Cal kind of talking about the defensive end, how that's going to make an impact. But I truly believe the offense that we see today is going to be the offense that we see in March, which is kind of the big, scary question. Can we sustain this throughout the regular season? I think there's just too much here for Cal to go away from it, no matter who gets reincorporated into the offense.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I've said this a lot this in the offseason, and I keep saying offseason. It's hard to believe we're actually in the season now. But I kept saying that if there was any positive out of not having your interior, is it kind of forced Cal to see this style of play in action, and they, it, it forced Trey at the five. And he got a look at it. And it wasn't just a look. Because we, we've talked a ton of stuff like, you know, the the basketball Benny lineup last year and, and the shooting and all that stuff. Like, I remember it was like that became a, a storyline there for a couple of weeks. And then CJ got hurt and, and wasn't healthy. And then uh, some other things throughout the season changed. But with this group, Cal got to see success from the start with how they were playing. And it was proof over the course of four games in Toronto, regardless of competition, proof over two exhibitions. And then now at the level that they look like in the opener offensively, in the the playing in space, the movement off the ball, the understanding how to play basketball and what it means to cut. Even if you don't get the ball, your action in itself could create another opportunity that Kentucky gets a basket out of on the next action. And it's not really – and some of it, the initial start to get into this offense is probably the most scripted it is. Like, how do they get into it? Is is it a throw and go? Is it a dribble handoff? Is it something like that? Is it just the the drive and pitch to start dribble drive? Like, that stuff just gets them moving. Mm -hmm. And then after that, they're just playing. And that's really hard to scout. But Cal getting to see this work for such an extended period of time, I think – did he say last night – I love five out. Is that how he said it? I I've wanted I wanted to clip just that audio and just put the audio out just because like that's something that I don't think any of us ever thought we would hear him say. Now he did come back with, and he he's not wrong. We've talked about this. They couldn't play this way a year ago. That roster was really clunky when it comes to, to spots. They didn't have the spacing. Oscar didn't have the floor vision and the passing ability. Oscar actually struggled to pass the basketball, but I, he comes back with a, you all wanted me to play this way, but I couldn't play this way a year ago. But you can now, and I'm and I love that he is. He he went with what he thought was going to be successful a year ago, but what he has now, I don't see anything changing. Big's coming back or not, he has had enough success with this and seen it at a level, and the guys around him have seen it. It's not going to change, Jack. Like I, I promise, it's not. It's not going to be stall ball four guys across the baseline and a point guard trying to drive and, and create something with six seconds on the shot clock and NCAA tournament. That's not going to happen. You may see them slow down possessions and grind them out. We're not going to see this team in a tight, tight game yet, but I think the pace and they're still going to run good stuff and they'll play out of that. I, I want to transition a little bit into that article
0: and just kind of be able to share some of the details and just the importance of John Welch and how it's kind of, making all of this stuff happen and uh you know it it was just really it was one of those moments sean that for the first time in my life i kind of got like fanboy you know talking to george carl on the phone and having him ramble off chauncey billups and andre miller and uh alan iverson and you know gary payton throwing around names like that and how guys like john welch were kind of instrumental in all of them. And Tim Gergerich, who I talked to for this story and who has been around coaching for 60 years at various levels, 20 in college, 40 in the NBA known as like the player whisperer in the NBA, like somebody that every NBA team has drooled over trying to hire, steal him away back and forth one, one after the other and have that guy, arguably the most respected assistant coach to ever be, to ever be roam the sidelines in the NBA, that guy saying that John Welch's addition to this Kentucky bench was a game changer. It was like kind of for the first time, like, oh, man, this this is kind of real. Like and the quotes that we got from and you were there when, you know, talking when I, I talked to Welch. And the, the conversations that we had about random basketball and playing and, you know, creating space, not drawing up shots, those different conversations and where we are right now, Sean, seeing the kind of the, the foundation set this summer and now seeing what we are right now, that was one of the first times I ever kind of got giddy with a project of mine where it's like, oh, man, everything we kind of dreamed of with this team, I, I think it's possible And there's just so much credibility now backing it up with Hall of Fame talent stressing John Welch was kind of the guy that put all of this stuff together. It's just like, oh man, I can't believe that this guy's on Kentucky's bench. I can't believe that he's on John John Calipari's bench. George Carl said that he talked to two NBA GMs that said that his workouts were too tough and that NBA, the, the reason why he didn't get hired as a head coach in the NBA was because John Welch's workouts were too difficult. That guy is on Kentucky's bench, working with DJ Wagner, Rob Dillingham, Justin Edwards, Adu Thero, Trey Mitchell. You name it. It 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 does kind of feel like all the giddiness and the excitement is kind of coming to a head, and it's very, very refreshing going into Champions
1: Classic week. It, it is. And it's it's one of those things, too, that, you know, Cal has built some trust within guys on his staff and, and kind of delegated some some stuff there for John. Like, we know we, we got to see that at, at Pro Day. We got to see that at other things. You see that out there pregame. John is out there working with these guys. And it's it's attention to the details, right? It's sprinting through the pass and, and getting downhill and, and making moves and playing off certain ways with your feet and your footwork like he understands and nitpicks positioning and guys doing things the right way and it's instant feedback that guy's sitting on the bench over there and when guys come out you can go talk to him and he can tell you exactly what what you did or what you need to do or what the adjustment needs to be tell people how long you've worked on that story though like i think that's probably the the most i mean that thing has been it's been a bit so i interviewed tim gergerich at
0: the pangos all-american camp in vegas um what was that june i believe um and so i'll be honest i didn't really i knew who he was uh, of him i just didn't know kind of the larger than life like the mystique behind him and so i kind of you know he was just back in the media room and getting a snack or whatever. And I, I walked back there because it was right after Kentucky had hired John, uh, John Welch. And I just kind of cornered him. And I was like, Hey man, um, I know you're close with John Welch. I uh, know your story, know John's story uh, for, you know, just kind of get fans familiar with who John Welch is and blah, blah, blah. Uh, w- will you talk to me about it? Will you, will you do some quotes? And you could kind of tell he was really uncomfortable. Like, uh, I, I don't really know. And he said, I don't really do this but for Welchie, I'll do anything. I, I will. And at, t- at the time I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And I went home and I did all the research on it. He has not done an interview in 40 years. Like, so for that guy, a guy who has coached the list, Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, Scottie Pippen, Carmelo Anthony, Allen Iverson, LaMarcus Aldridge, Cha- Chauncey Billups, Marcus Canby, Kenyon Martin, so on and so forth. Some of the best players to ever touch a basketball. This guy was instrumental in the development of those guys he wanted to vouch for John Welch in a way to make a statement of I have not talked publicly on the record for 40 years because my job is to be a behind the scenes. I'm a shaker and mover behind the scenes. I'm, I'm a guy who's going to be be in the gym till two o'clock in the morning with you if you need me. But I don't care about being a face and a voice like I, I, I'm, I'm not a PR guy. I care about what's going on behind the scenes. That guy wanted to make a statement about who Kentucky is getting in John Welch. That said everything that I needed to say. And for George Carl to say that John Welch is the best assistant that he has ever had in a hall of fame career, he was just named to the hall of fame in 2022. I mean, he has 40 plus years of coaching experience. Dean Smith disciple. That guy says that John Welch is the most valuable assistant that he's ever had. Like, come on, man. Like how, how, you know, how, how is that guy first and foremost, not in the NBA right now, coaching Kevin Durant and so on and so forth the best of the, the best how did John Calipari get him on our on our on his staff it, it's just it, it's fascinating to me but it's also like whoa we're kind of I don't want to say we're witnessing history but we kind of, I mean everything's kind of working together in a way like Trey Mitchell falling into our lap like it just feels like everything's kind of working out in a way where it's like it kind of feels like it's time you know
1: And I want to let people in on a little secret from us this summer, not anything crazy, but you mentioned, you know, I was with you when you got to talk to John or I, you know, you you shared some of the quotes with me and things. It was before we ever saw them play in Toronto and the word, what's that word, Jack? Random basketball. Random basketball. And it was just a – it was, what, a couple days later we're sitting in front of Cal and he talks about – or he puts out a tweet the next day, actually, because I sent it to our group. And he said, well, we're we're doing a lot of things right now that are random. And then that's why me and you were so set on things were going to be different. And that's why we were pushing it into Toronto and everybody's like, how do you know? How do you know? And that's where I kept saying John is – John Welch is really driving this thing on the offensive end of the floor because Cal has trusted him to do it. And it wasn't like literally heard John say that word to you. And within 48 hours, I cow tweeted that same word in same phrase. That's why we had so much confidence in what we were going to see in Toronto. That's why. That was it. That, it, that, that literally that was it. We're sharing that now, four months later, because we, we wanted everybody to kind of see it for themselves. But that is why you and I had so much confidence in what we were seeing. It, it all is linked back to that story.
0: And it was never about, and, and Welch said this, George Carl said this, Tim Gergerich said this, Mike Brown said this. I, I mean, you go down the list of the people that I talked to for the story. They said, John Welch will never, ever puff his chest out and say, all right, this isn't working. Throw it in the garbage. This is how we're running the show. He's he's a conveyor of ideas in a messenger. He says, okay, Cal, what, what do you want with this group? John Calipari says... Uh, And and mind you, John Welch helped install the dribble drive with uh, Vance Wahlberg in in Memphis back in the day. So that's where the connection between the two started. But random basketball started with the Denver Nuggets. John Welch joining that staff with Tim Gergerich under George Carl that run with with Carmelo Anthony and where they went to the Western Conference finals and, and all that. That run was where random basketball, where they kind of zigged while everybody else was zagging. They started the random basketball, play fast, play quick, you know, make smart decisions, and, and let's try to win track meets like that. That's where all that kind of got started. John Welch was kind of the, the mover behind that. And he came in and Cal said, here's what I want to do with this team. And John said, gotcha. I'll relay the message to this team. And that's where that's John Welch's specialty. He sits down with guys and he conveys messages in ways that nobody else in the world can. He's a guy that he's going to play. If a player is struggling, he's going to start up a game of one-on-one with you. If you need, if you're one guy short at eleven o'clock at night, there are five guys out there and they need to run three-on-three. John Welch is going to put on a penny and play three-on-three with you. That type of value is something that this staff was missing. They needed that one guy that was going to kind of do the dirty work while everybody else kind of stuck with their roles and the recruiters could recruit and the film guys could do the film work. And like he was the one guy that was going to get in there and do the dirty work and kind of elevate the water. So all the ships can rise. That's what John Welch is for this roster. And for my money, I think he is the most important hire of John Calipari's entire tenure at Kentucky. Like, I, I, knowing what I know now after doing hours upon hours upon hours of research, I don't think Cal has ever made a more valuable move in my life, in, in his career, than hiring John Welch to this coaching
1: staff. I and, and it came at the perfect time because it came with a backcourt that has a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things. And there was a question in the chat a moment ago asking me about, you know, how do you scout random basketball or defensively, how do you prepare for it and, and things like that? It it's hard to. Like you you have your individual players, like opponents know that you you cannot give Antonio Reeves space, right? They've also known now that you can't give Trey Mitchell space. You got to have hard closeouts with high hands because he's gonna shoot the three. But you also got to be able to help on these guards that are getting two feet in the paint. That's, that's the, that's the thing. Like it, it all blends together, but a lot of this action and stuff that Kentucky's doing, it's really tough to scout because they're just making plays like the play that, that I was talking about a moment ago where Justin Edwards makes a back cut and gets a dunk. That's not set like that. That is a, that's a DHO earlier times in games, but Justin made a read because he's trained and he's taught and he's learned in this and he's learned that in this offense, that you make reads it's what are they giving me and you may run one action one way and you may get something off of it and the second time you run it you may get another look out of it like that becomes hard to scout there are things about Kentucky that they'll be able to scout like little quick hitters and things that they'll do but game planning Kansas is going to have their hands full on the other side Kentucky is going to have their hands full too we talked about this Friday. John Calipari has a patient approach right now to this group, that there's not a lot of screaming and yelling. Kansas game, things start getting a little sideways. That's what i want to see from Cal. I know there's a lot of talk about, will Cal revert? Will Cal revert? Well, to me, does he continue to stay on this patient approach or when you're playing number one in the United Center and it's your first real test to kind of come out? How do you approach it when things go sideways? Because we've not got to see this group really hit, be hit with adversity yet. And it's going to come, and it needs to come. And I hope it does come that night. I want to see how this group, do they fight? I think they're going to. We got some some bills to pay. And
0: I, it was it was tough last night watching the game for uh, our, my, my first time with this FanDuel partnership and kind of, you know, laying laying some stuff out there with different parlays and bets and, par- and props and things. And I felt really confident about our our debut with this. I was like, okay, we're going six plus Trey Mitchell rebounds, 15 plus Antonio Reeves points, over 78 and a half team points, Sean. I thought that was cash plus 225 to get that thing rolling for a parlay. I thought it was free. Like, you know, let's get this thing rolling. Let's build some confidence and uh, and, and feel really good going into the meat and potatoes of the season. Uh, and and of all of them, Antonio Reeves comes up short. That was the one that I kind of felt like 15 points for Antonio Reeves. Like he'll hit that in his sleep and go figure Rob Dillingham decided to be awesome and everybody else around him decided to be awesome. Uh, so that was our first shot at it. I know you did one with with Zach. Uh, last week to kind of get our the the, the preseason rolling with the, with the kind of full season predictions. But uh, we're now getting into the week-by-week week, uh, parlays and, and different bets that we're going to throw out there. We're going to have one ahead of Champions Classic and Friday, whatever the Friday night lines are going to do, we're going to do that. But uh, just kind of a uh, plan of attack of what things are going to look like around here. We're definitely going to uh, dive all in with it. We're so excited about this partnership with FanDuel. They're the absolute best. NBA and college basketball season are back. Join FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, as I can thoroughly tell you, because I've been an active participant uh, in the last several weeks. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders. And more. We laid it out there for the first game. We're going to keep doing it for every single game moving forward. Uh, visit fanduel.com slash pilgrim. That is fanduel.com slash pilgrim. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL, 21 Nolder and in and President, of Kentucky. First online real ma- money wager only $5 pregame money line wager required $10 first deposit, required bonus issued on as non withdrawable bonus bets which expire 7 days after receipt restrictions apply see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gambling problem call 1-800-gambler Sean I'm excited for this it's it's going to be a lot of fun and um a little pissed off that my uh, my opening tip off parlay did not hit but I'm um, I I will hit I will hit on Friday I guarantee
1: and, and that's the,
0: but and, yeah, I feel good about it
1: and that's the thing though me and you aren't just throwing out random stuff like I'm, we we've talked a lot random <laughs> on this episode but our picks, we we kind of talk about them, and we we dive in and look. And the I played – I did lose – there was one that I was wrong on last night. I I took Justin Edwards over five-and-a-half rebounds. He got the five. I took Trey Mitchell over five-and-a-half. He got he got over that. And then I took the 78-and-a-half total points for Kentucky, and I thought that was going over too, and it did. So not a bad first night. We're going to cook something up, though, here – especially for champions week. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into some things. Uh, now that we'll get a couple of games and kind of look at, at what some guys are doing and stuff. A do I didn't see any props for him going into to yesterday's when I was looking early in the day. So he, he's got to be a guy that when you start looking at totals of, of points and, and rebounds and things like that, like, I mean, he, before he went out, he had what, seven rebounds and was <laughs> scoring and, and everything. So, uh, No, it's going to be a fun year. I'm looking forward to FanDuel all the way through with us, all the way through the postseason. A preview of what's
0: to come on Friday from somebody who literally just coached against Texas A&M Commerce. Nothing to worry about. I think they shoot better than they showed against us, but bad defensively. If this is a team that is going to run, get out there, score points, and they're going against – I think 298 in the updated Ken Palm rankings, a very not very not good team. It's going to be hard for me to avoid that, whatever the team point line is on Friday. So we'll we'll uh, put a pin in that. And unless it's something pretty ridiculous, I, I feel pretty uh, feel pretty good about that one. But uh, yeah, shout out FanDuel, appreciate that this partnership and um, good, good things underway and with that as well. Continuing good things with My Perfect Franchise, Source to Say, is also brought to you by Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy is a franchise consultant, as well as franchise owner, and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he is here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.MyPerfectFranchise.net. And continuing our partnership with Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you feel good. They're stretched. Khaki shorts or pants are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day. Go to BirdDogs.com slash KSR or enter promo code KSR for a free BirdDogs hydro flask style water bottle with your order. That is BirdDogs.com KSR or promo code KSR. For a Bird Dogs Hydro Flask-style water bottle, you do not want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise you. Uh, Sean, what do you need to see from the cats this weekend? Um, Texas A&M Commerce on Friday night, the last kind of tune-up opportunity before we get into uh, all eyes on Champions Classic. What do you want to see on Friday to get us to Tuesday?
1: That word that I keep using, consistency, consistency across the board. I, I want to see Kentucky continue to be disruptive defensively. Like, they had some guys very disruptive defensively. Like, Rob, first of all, it was a terrible call that he got called for the foul there. I mean, it was an illegal screen, 100%. It's an illegal screen 10 out of 10 times. Um, Adu Thierro, I thought, was showed and, and was really physical on the, I think it was on that same possession, actually, uh, that he come out and was really, really aggressive guarding the basketball. Reed Shepard, instincts-wise, Jack, I, I think there's a chance that he could end up being Kentucky's most valuable defender just when it comes to deflections and being active. Like, he blocked a shot last night, and the, the dude had no idea where Reed even came from. And the next thing you know, Kentucky's off and running. Like, that's the stuff I want to see. I want to see them continue to get better and commit to that end of the floor because we've talked about the commitment to the five-out playing style offensively, but I'm also seeing a a will to defend from a lot of guys, and that's going to be the difference in what gets guys minutes and who plays the most. It's not going to be who puts it in the basket. It's going to be who can defend and create and be disruptive on that end of the floor that gets us started in transition, especially with the bigs out. That's what I'm looking for is who continues to to do that. And does the ball movement continue? Is there any kind of – is there a period where things get stagnant at all? Are they continuing to gang rebound, especially from guards? And I want to see Antonio Reeves have a big night. I want to see him go for 20-plus because they're going to need a big night from him when they play Kansas a week from now.
0: I hope he saves his big night for Kansas. I, I, hope, I hope he goes out and goes for 12, 14 or whatever. Against Texas a Commerce, get him out early. No reason to to sweat that one. And then, really, really, you know, have that prime time return after the letdown against Kansas State and the round of 32. Everybody's saying, "Oh, you know, he's he can do it in Toronto. He can do it in these exhibition games. He can do it this and that." But can he actually do it in crunch time in games that actually matter? I'm ready. You know, even though he already got the 37 at Arkansas, but people tend to forget that for whatever reason, I'm excited for him to have that kind of like, aha moment. This is, this is my return to the college basketball world. This is why I came back. I'm hoping that I'm, I'm, I'm I'm betting on his ability to break through there. Like it feels like his breakthrough moment is going to come in the champions classic. So I I hope he uh, doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, use up all of his threes on Friday night.
1: Yeah, let's, uh, that would be the perfect night for him to kind of break out. And they're going to need the two veterans that game to play well. I'm, I'm looking forward to that game, by the way. I'm not, I'm not getting too far ahead here because they do play Texas A&M Commerce on, on Friday night. But I am getting excited about seeing this team go up against a, a challenge, a challenge that has, you know, talented guys and a roster that is number one in the country. And, and Kentucky can kind of, I think, still go into that game and with a chip on its shoulder. And, you know, kind of have an edge about itself. And sorry, I'm, I'm laughing there at you.
0: Whoa, laughing at me for what? Why are you being <laughs> weird? I'm excited to continue our partnership with Game Time, especially for this trip to uh, Chicago Champions Classic. There is no excuse for you to not use Game Time for these Champions Classic tickets. Stop being stressed about it. You should not have to worry when you're buying tickets. Now isn't the time for guesswork with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat and the best price guaranteed. game time does all of the hard work for you. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts, but you have no reason to be an hour late to the champions classic. If anything, you're going to be an hour early because you got two games to see two games for the price of one. That's, that's why we're doing this. You You just do it for the champions classic. It's the place to find last minute seats, find exclusive flash deals and sponsor deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more with zone deals. You pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the game time guarantee means that you will always get their best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Sean, you Physically cannot get better than that because whatever better you find out there, they're going to credit you 110% of the difference. So find better because we'll continue to prove why game time is 110% better of whatever you find. So Sean, I know you have a great experience with game time, using them several times. Uh, Just how excited are you about game time?
1: I'm very excited about game time. And I just uh, looked up tickets for Kentucky, Texas A&M Commerce, and you can sit lower level. Section eleven row X for fifty five dollars each. Come on for Friday night's game. Come and on. Then upper level seats, fifteen bucks, seventeen bucks. Get on there. Get tickets. Use the game time app. If you want to go to Champions, if you want to make that trip up next Tuesday night, there's tickets available for for Champions Classic as well on there. Mm, lo- lo- love it, love it, love it, love it. Uh, and you're going to be able to get these game
0: time seats for the brand new uh floors that kentucky is going to get we finally get the uh, uh, the announcement for the the floors they're beautiful i am absolutely thrilled for that Uh, i like the state outline of it i like that the stupid ugly disgusting stickers are gone Uh, it's a fresh it's a clean look and why not be there at Rupp Arena so you can see the beautiful floor in action for the very first time? I believe December second is when they're going to be installed, uh, so you do not want to miss that. And Game Time is going to help you see them up close and personal for the first time. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code KSR for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code KSR for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sean, what do you think about this floor
1: I love it. Uh, I think it's super clean uh, I love the state in the middle around the logo. I think that that looks really, really good also i, I like that k. Woods court is still there, and then the the u k with the Mr Wildcat right there where uh, Bill Kiteley sat on the u k bench for a lot of years. I think it's cool to see those things staying. uh. I want to see it in person because like the, the graphic itself looks good, but I think it's going to look even better when you actually see it on the court. And uh, I, it's, it's crazy to think too that the, the floor that's down has been down since 2001. Now they've sanded it and they've put different designs. I think the last one was 2016 and then they put the stickers, obviously the, the bumper stickers and things down in, in 2020. But the reason it's not going down sooner is because of volleyball because the current floor, when it when it comes to the U.K. volleyball team finishing their season out there, they can't make that change until after that because that floor actually has, like, whatever is required for the volleyball floor to kind of go, the, the overlay of it. So the new floor, Memorial Coliseum being renovated, it's going to be a beautiful facility as well. Kentucky basketball, getting a new floor that the women's team and the men's team will be playing on the season. I think it's going to look really, really cool. And December 2nd's close, Sean. That's like, I mean – we're weeks away from this beautiful
0: floor being installed. I love that there are some people saying like Reed Shepherd's going to be pulling up from Middlesboro and, you know, Antonio Reeves from Paducah. Like, I, I like that the state is big enough to where you can get some. I, I hope we get to the point where we can get some shots made from Lexington, you know, Lexington or Louisville. I think that'd be a blast because uh, that means that things are going very, very right for you. Yeah.
1: He sh- the whole he shot that one from Western Kentucky, it might not even be a three, you know. <laughs> How come you get in there? So. That's the old Keon Brooks. The, yeah, that's uh, it. That's it. <laughs> Keon Brooks would have been all over Paducah down there. That's 100%. Oh, what a blast. Uh,
0: basketball season's here, guys. It's a blast. We're so excited. And uh, like I said, it's it, it's fun that we get to talk about fun basketball again we haven't gotten since starting this show, we haven't gotten a run. We haven't gotten that magical moment. We've had a lot of despair and, Oh, here's why things are crumbling. Here's why things aren't working here. You know, do we need to start questioning the, all the nonsense? Like I'm, I'm so glad we don't have to answer those questions anymore. And like, th- this is such an important season to avoid those questions further, but I'm so confident that we're not going to have to ask those things anymore. Like this feels like such a prove it, you know, put up or shut up season that Cal is going to be the one to shut everybody up. And uh, I'm excited kind of like day one of this, like this is day one, game one, everything from this point forward is going to be a blast. And I'm excited for uh, uh, all of our, I mean, Chad was absolutely, absolutely freaking popping. And I do not know there were a lot of negative names in there arguing about God knows what, and being negative for just the, sake of doing so but we appreciate all the uh people uh keep keeping that engagement up and and you know keep keeping that chat popping it was a a good good
1: good fun show if you see me looking down i've actually been looking down at the chat because it has been all over the place in there tonight but good engagement it's, it's basketball season. We're rolling right along. I mean, you've, you've got good basketball on TV tonight. I think Auburn and Baylor are actually playing right Ooh. now. So that's a game to kind of take – if you want to take a look at an SEC team and uh, a team that Kentucky will be competing with, you get to look at them tonight. How about Michigan State dropping one to James Madison last night in the, the season opener in, in East Lansing. So that that's – got to bring it every single night. Don't ever take any opponent – for granted or overlook them because you, you never know what can happen. So I think that was what was so impressive about Kentucky last night is they took care of business. They'll try to take care of business again on Friday and then they'll get on a plane to Chicago and, and try to pick up a win. And uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll be right here to take y'all, take you through it every step of the way. Yep. I like Joseph C.
0: You guys got to be optimistic Oscars. That's what we're going to do. Optimistic Oscars in the chat because it's going to be an awesome, optimi- optimistic Oscar season without Oscar. Um, Trey Mitchell, team MVP early on. Shout out Rob Dillingham. Uh, this is a blast. We're, we're having a lot of fun with it. All right, let's get out of here. Sean, it's been a fun show, but time to hold my baby. And like, I I, didn't, I don't know if I said this on the show, but like six minutes before the show started, I had baby poop on my hand. Like it, it literally went from baby poop in my hand, cleaning cleaning it up, and I'm getting like peed on all the time. Like nobody told me about this stuff whenever I signed up for having a child. Like I'm just like randomly starting to change a diaper and then like getting pissed on. And it's like, come on, man. Like I, 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 I'm trying, I'm trying to do you a favor by changing your diaper. So you're comfortable and you're, you're peeing on me. Like that's how you're repaying your dad. It, it,
1: you know, nobody told me about that stuff, but I mean. if we, if we have a five minute delay or 10 minute hold up, it's not because I'm in my car anymore. It's just, you know, Jack, Jack maybe that's ending. literally
0: what was why we were like three minutes late tonight was because I had poop on my hand. Cause I just got done. Just got done. Chatting. Anyway, we're off the rails, but, um, uh, but a good fun show excited to get back rolling on Friday. Um, uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to keep this season rolling and uh, appreciate all of our people in the chat. It was a great, great fun night, Sean. Where can fans find your work?
1: You can find my work and follow me on Twitter
0: at GBBCountry. Country. find me on Twitter as well at KSR. Reach out to me via email JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another JPEG Sources Say podcast. We will see you then.